And now, the continuation of The No End House. Where is he? Where is he? He's in here with us, in the house, Maggie. He isn't going anywhere, and neither are you. I don't know what took over me, but I lost it. I jumped over the counter and shoved Peter's head to the ground. I grabbed him by the hair and slammed his head into the ground. The surgical knife still in my hand pressed firmly against his neck. I wanted to kill him. I had to kill him. He killed David. He wasn't going to kill me. Maggie, you can't. There will always be someone to run the house. No. I slid the knife across his throat and slammed his head further into the ground. I don't think there will be. With his death, the room went dark. I could still feel the surgical knife, but I was no longer holding onto Peter's hair. I don't know for how long I was in the darkness, but it felt like ages. I stood and felt for the desk, balancing myself with one hand on the side of the marble surface. Then, the lights came on. I could see the window across the room. It was still night out. I looked out and I saw him. David was walking around outside, seemingly unharmed. I ran to the door and tried to open it. I was so happy. But the door, it wouldn't budge. I tried my hardest, but the door wouldn't let me out. I looked out the window and saw David as he walked back down the dirt road. I rested my head against the door and saw it. My stomach lurched hard. There, pinned to my chest, was a name tag with one word, management. David stumbled to his car in a daze. The last couple of hours were a complete blur. Haunting images would sporadically cross over his mind, slowly reminding him of the hell he was now leaving behind. He felt his pockets for his phone and dialed 911. There was no way he could explain any of this, but for some reason, his first reaction was to call. 
Maybe they could just come here and confirm that it's a normal house and nothing more. They could put his mind at ease and he can go home and live a normal life with... Then he remembered. The dirt under his feet slipped around as David tore back to the house. Maggie. Maggie was in there. As he ran, he flipped through his phone, looking for the old text he knew he had sent. But there was nothing. There were texts to Maggie and from Maggie, but all of them were blank. David swore under his breath as he reached the door. He tried the knob, but it was no use. With both fists, he pounded on the door, screaming Maggie's name. Nothing. His fists were red and burning, and David slumped to his knees, palms dragging down the door as he went. After a few minutes, David felt his eyes stay. He had left her in there. The woman he loved went in to save him and took his place. He had to find a way in. There had to be another way inside. David rose to his feet with a renewed energy. But before he could move, he felt his phone vibrate. It was a text and looking at the name gave him relief. It was Peter Terry. Maybe he could help. Hey, Dave, you all right? Haven't heard from you in a while. Peter, Jesus, where are you? I'm in the house. I went in to find you, man. I told you not to go. It's past now, whatever. But Peter, I need to get back in. Do you know how? Go around back. There's an oak next to the house with a trap door at its base. Go there. It's a service entrance. Why the fuck would this place need a service entrance? Just get to the tree, man. I'm trying to help you. David didn't have time to mention anything else. He took off running down the porch and to the other end of the house, leaping over the side rail and landing in an awkward bow below. He could see the tree wasn't far. Or maybe it was. The tree was so big that depth perception was hard to figure. And was that even there before? Yeah, he had other shit on his mind earlier, and who really notices trees? This one, it was massive. He ran up to the side, and there it was. A small wooden door on the ground below, like one of those old cellar doors houses used to have leading down into their basements. David looked around him and behind his back. He wasn't even sure why he did. He had just had one of those feelings, you know. Shaking it off, David yanked on the handle. The rusted hinges groaned in protest.
after a few hard pulls, it gave way and revealed the darkness below. With a heavy sigh, David slowly made his way back down. Jesus, it was dark, but soon David was hit with a smell that put the darkness to shame. It was like burnt hair covered in shit and mold. He spat on the ground. He could fucking taste the smell. David got his phone out and turned it to its highest brightness. It wasn't much, but he was at least able to see the surrounding walls. Looking around in the dim light, David noticed something strange. He hadn't been in too many underground tunnels, to be fair, but he assumed the walls would be dirt, mud, or something like that. He couldn't quite see what it was, but it wasn't anything man-made, or that could pass as dirt. Curiosity got the better of him, and with his phone outstretched, he went up to one of those sidewalls. He had to get close to see it, with the phone almost touching the wall. David's eyes grew wide. No. Can't. With the other hand, David prodded the wall. It gave a bit, but it was solid. He was reminded of the smell and now knew its origin. It was flesh. The walls of the tunnels were covered in burnt skin. David moved the phone a few inches and followed the light. He saw areas where different skins were sewn together with some rough metallic string, almost like copper wire. The section made his stomach turn over itself. It was a face, a human face, stretched out and elongated with the eyes and mouth sewn shut. The nose was removed and the hole that was left behind was sutured as well. Maybe it was the smell or the sight of this, but David couldn't take it. With a lurch, he turned to the side and vomited on the ground. The tunnel went on for ages. What was most likely a few minutes felt like hours to David. He had to get inside and save Maggie. Nothing else mattered. Peter was his friend, but if it came down to it, Maggie was the first to save. Peter could rot in there if need be. Then again, he was the one that told him about this path. 
David's mental debate ceased after something from behind him touched him. With a start, he spun around and was face to face with nothing. David was confused. He brought his phone up and reached out to the blackness. Nothing. Nothing except a wall. A wall that wasn't there a moment ago. Rank and covered in flesh. There it was. David screamed and pounded on the wall in front of him. And it gave only slightly. The hall was shrinking, trapping him in as he walked. It hit David like a train. He was in the service tunnel, but he was in the house. It had him there as no going back. The house was pulling him in and it was glad to see him again. Earlier, this may have fazed David more than it did at that moment. There, in that hell of a tunnel, David barely flinched. He had seen what this place was capable of, and he had witnessed some of the most sanity-testing experiences imaginable. He had seen it all, or at least he thought. As he walked, David could now hear the tunnel shrinking behind him. The grinding, sloshing noises of flesh twisting in on itself to seal him in made him feel sick all over again. But he only sped up his walking. After a moment, he heard something that made him stop dead in his tracks. It was a voice. A girl's. And it wasn't Maggie's. Why did you come back? Why did you come back? David stood there, frozen. The voice seemed to come from everywhere. Why did you come back? Why? The screaming was getting closer, and David braced himself against the back wall. Soon, he heard the thudding footprints of someone running towards him. Then, he saw her. A girl, no older than 13, running up to him, yelling her constant question. David was too stunned to react. Sure, just standing there, of course. The girl ran up to him and began pounding on his chest with her fists, hard at first, but then weakening, like a spoiled girl hitting the ground when she doesn't get her way. Why, David? Why did you come back? The girl slumped to her knees in front of her. With one final hit against his leg, David stood there in shock hands slightly raised and tense. 
His fear began to ease out of him. She clearly wasn't a threat and didn't seem to be a ghost or anything. Hey, he began. It's all right. Who are you? The girl jumped slightly at his words. Slowly, she lifted her head to look at him. His heart sank as he saw her face. No eyes. Absolutely no eyes. Blackness. And when she spoke, he could see inside her mouth. No tongue. No teeth. Just a void. You came to save us, didn't you? The girl stood up and brushed her hair out of her face. For some reason, even taking into consideration how terrifying she was, she should have been. There was something oddly normal about the girl. She had shoulder-length brown hair and was skinny, skinny as a rail, with a few specks of freckles across her nose and cheek. Even her clothes could have been found in any store. Black tank top, jeans tucked into the back, red boots. She was older than she first thought. Closer to 16, if she even had an age. A hum from behind him startled them both and dragged David back into his current situation. We have to go, she said. Now! The girl grabbed David's hand and took off. Surprised, David followed and nearly dropped his phone. He tried holding it up as far as he could to light the way. No need. The girl raised her free hand in front of her as she spoke. I got it. She mumbled something under her breath that couldn't have been English. And a glowing light pulsated in front of them and followed. It was like a spotlight from above was following their every movement. The hum from behind was getting louder as they approached the first fork in the tunnel. Without hesitation, the girl veered over to the right. Clearly, she knew where she was going and David wasn't about to argue. After a moment, the humming stopped. They just stood in front of a ladder leading up into darkness. Just up there. And the girl began to climb the ladder before them. David snapped back into reality and he was incredibly confused. Wait! The girl stopped mid-climb and looked over her shoulder. 
Look, I know this is weird. No, no. I know what is weird. I've seen weird. Who are you? I'll explain soon, okay? We just really kind of need to get out of here, okay? No one is supposed to be here, and we, well, are. So, with that, the girl returned to her climbing. David was about to retort, but the hum from behind grew closer and louder. Survival outweighed understanding at this point, and David grabbed the ladder and followed the girl, leaving that tunnel, hopefully, for the last time. The ladder led up into an empty room. It was almost like a huge broom closet. A few scattered buckets and mops were lining the walls. But for being a part of the house, it was very unassuming. The girl next to him shook herself off and shoved her hands towards David. Her mood slings were clearly something to be impressed with. And David reluctantly took her hand and shook it. You're probably wondering who I am and why I know you. The girl didn't even wait for David to respond. My name is Natalie, and this is sort of my house. What are you talking about? How is this your house? This fucking place is your house? I know, I know, but you have to understand what's happened. It wasn't always like this. It... And what the hell? What was that thing you did? With the light down there? Yeah, I know. This is all part of it. It's all relates. Just let me explain. Natalie paused and looked at David. He closed his mouth and looked back at her, letting her know she was now free to talk without any interruption. This is my house. I know it may seem like hell right now, and you're right, it is. My family kind of dealt in some weird stuff. We moved into this house about 10 years ago, and it was nice. A small, quaint place. Yeah, considering I'm used to the city, but it was nice. The problem is, my family, we can do things. Witches, I guess. Natalie kind of laughed at this thought. Mostly just parlor tricks, like that light show you saw in the tunnel. But some of us, like my brother, 
took it a bit too far. He started to mess around with some dark dealings, demons and summonings and the like. I mean, summoning isn't always bad. I can summon a cat, for instance, which is kind of cute, but what my brother dealt with, it was far worse. We would try and tell him to end it, but the power was getting the best of him. Peter was never one to listen to reason. Peter? The idea was circling in David's head, but it wasn't quite ready to accept it. Peter had been his friend for years, he thought. This one night, seven years ago, my brother took it too far. Summoning demons for a few minutes here and there wasn't enough for him, at least not anymore. He needed more. We would ask him why he was so obsessed with all of this, and he would only respond by asking, why not? What happened over the next few nights, it's kinda hard to talk about. Even with her blackened out eyes, David could tell that this memory really pained the young girl. All of this, this hell, was because of her brother, his friend. It seemed to David that this girl was just as much a prisoner as he was. All right, said David, putting a hand on her shoulder. Then let's get you out of here. David took a look at his surroundings. His heart jumped slightly as he glanced around. Aside from the hatch in the floor they had just entered through, there wasn't any other exits. Just smooth cement walls. Do you know where we are? He asked the girl, hoping to God she had some idea. Yeah, of course, she said, with a bit too much hesitation for David's liking. It's my house, isn't it? And with that, she made her way over to one of the far walls. The surface of the wall was smooth, brushed gray cement. There was no way through it, no door, nothing. Natalie reached into her pockets and took out what looked to be a small people, artist charcoal. She pressed it to the wall and began to draw a long, swooping line about three feet in length. Line after line followed, and David watched in awe as the girl stood back and admired her work. David had never seen anything like it outside of fantasy movies. It was like a yin-yang mixed with a pentagram mixed with a child's doodle. Natalie placed the charcoal back into her pocket 
and ran her fingers through her hair. After a moment of silence, she raised her hand and placed her palm against the symbol, resting two fingers against her temple. At first, David thought she was speaking to him, but then realized she was chanting her weird language again. Soon, the symbols seemed to be vibrating, and David watched on as he began to steadily grow a deep purple. Natalie smiled to herself as she felt the wall shake before it split in two. I've always loved doing that. love a good twist but this was definitely a strange turn I don't think anyone could have seen this coming and yet for the tone of the story it does seem to fit odd happenings an odd ending for an even stranger tale filled with both the odd and terrifying. Anyway, guys, thank you for making it to the end of this three-part story. If you did enjoy the story and you're new, please subscribe. If you're already subscribed, then feel free to leave me a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. And by all means share with that being said guys once again i'd like to thank you thank you for joining me and walking into the darkness with me tonight i'll see you next week guys with an even more spine tingling tale until then 